0: no no. evening, or morning, or afternoon, if that's the time of day you're listening. Anyway, this is the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. Um, I am Kyle Bird, um, and uh, with me for some more of your uh, spooky season antics, Um, some familiar faces or voices, should I say, Um. From Mazer Patrol, joining us as a co-host is Kevin Derendorf. Welcome back, sir. Hello, hello. From the Final Forum Dragon Ball Podcast is Tom. Welcome back.
1: Glad to be here this time.
0: (laughs) This time, yeah. (laughs) Yes, we're very tired because we just talked about some crazy stuff, Um uh, and uh, yes, also joining us is um, Lux. Welcome back.
2: Greetings, faithful listeners.
0: Um, so we have uh, uh, today we have a 2022 movie by Takashi Yamazaki, who um, you've heard us speak about his Parasite films that we are very fond of. Um, by now, most of the people listening know him as the director of the upcoming Godzilla Minus um, One. So uh, we have another one of his movies that we're talking about, um, which uh a little less spooky than I, I assumed. So I don't know. If we have to do uh, a Halloween hangover episode where we throw something on in November, might do, it, might do this one. Anyway, this is a... A yokai-related movie. In fact, for whatever reason, the geniuses at Toho, uh, this doesn't have a U.S. release when, it, when or if it comes out internationally. Um, the geniuses at Toho thought the, the title Ghost Book somehow wasn't appropriate enough, and the international title that Toho is insisted upon is yokai That's an awful title. <laughs> <laughs> It I makes sense, yeah, <laughs> sure, go with it. I do. I do not want to refer to this movie as YoKaipedia. I don't like it's it.
1: A, it's like a fun enough pun, but like, how are you gonna sell? How are you gonna sell YoKaipedia
3: versus Ghostbook? You know what I mean? Like,
1: also, it just
2: the, sounds
3: ghost book dirty the movie says Ghostbook on it, it's English <laughs> letters.
0: Yeah. Um we can't accuse toho of ever doing anything normal <laughs> or proper <laughs> so it's just i don't know i don't know what's wrong with them
3: well, i mean the only place they seem to want to market this is for airplanes so well
0: yeah yeah this is the the i guess the legit foreign la- foreign releases uh yeah japan airlines or whatever is Showing it on planes, um, uh, so this is based on uh, Kevin. What is this based on? It, it's
3: not. Is it? Is it
0: book? Is it like novels or manga or what? It's, what it's
3: a series of picture books uh, called Obakezukan. So that's basically like you know, what well, similar deal like you know ghost encyclopedia or something like that. And basically, these are picture books. Where it's a, you know, a ghost and a, like why they're scary and how to defeat them. Like you know, you flip through it like a like an encyclopedia, and there's uh, there's thirty six volumes of this published so far. So it's a it's kind of a big big hit children's thing, and they've had like a, a TV drama and an anime and a handful of other things that are based on it. So this is this is the movie as part of that media mix.
0: Okay. Um... And this is another thing where they, uh, uh, there was a part of the the publicity was um, there was an ad placed outside of uh, like a building in Japan, like right by the Shin Godzilla statue that's outside Toho, and there was like an ad that was like the characters like reacting to the statue or something, right?
3: Yeah, uh, the the theater in Hibiya, I think they put up the, the ad with the characters like. Pointing at Godzilla, and that was that was again one of those like hints of like, hmm. Well, just give this guy a Godzilla movie already. For- <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Uh, anyway. Um. So. Uh. Uh. I guess. Uh, uh. Kevin, why don't you give us the 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 plot setup to the to this thing?
3: Okay, uh, so this one is a little bit of, uh, of a mystery in that you have your, your three main kids. Um, it's uh, Kazuki, Taichi, and Sunny, I think. Um, they go to a shrine and they pray for something. Uh, and something seems to take the essence of their prayer uh, and do something magical with it. And basically they uh, go to school and they meet their, their new uh, substitute teacher uh, who then follows them around later in the day when she sees them Uh, and they wander into a magical bookshop uh, and uh, they, they take a book because they were told to do this in a, in a dream by uh, a little, little creature Uh, and as a result, both they and their substitute get trapped in a weird sort of alternate version of their small town, where everything's a little bit off and a little bit distorted. Uh, and uh, there, they they meet their uh, their classmate. Uh, Is it? Uh, what's it? Um, what's it's um...
1: Mid- it's miss something. It's I want to say Misato, but that's "minado." Right.
0: Minato. Minato.
3: Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. You're one letter off. Yeah, uh, and uh, she she joins them, and and uh, they they open up this book, and they see oh, they can they can capture one of these uh, one of these uh, spirits that's inhabiting the town if they touch the. Uh, touch the book to that spirit and they manage to to catch it because it's hanging out right by there. And then the spirit explains that, well, you know, you can catch, uh, each spirit that this book tells you to. And, and then once you catch a spirit, it will grant you one wish, uh, that, you know, is within its power to, to do that. Um, but they have to basically before their time limit of two days runs out, capture all seven of the, uh, spirits that are listed in the book uh and uh and then they'll be able to uh to go back home or something uh and uh and then we we find out kind of the further stakes regarding their uh the nature of the wish that they made and that that might be a more of a spoiler topic yeah but, uh,
2: um,
0: so yeah here you have a few things that play here you know you have your kind of alternate dimension stuff there's certain kind of time travel things that get involved um and then uh yeah a lot of the like okay here's a yokai you have to go catch it you know that's almost like a almost pokemon-ish plot device um And so, uh, yeah, you're, you're dealing with a lot of that. This is, uh, like I said earlier, this is less, less what, less what we expect from a yokai-centric movie, um, more into, like, fantasy, kind of a children's fantasy thing. Um, I don't know, not like Harry Potter, because it's different, but, you know, kind of similar, um, tone, more or less, um... Uh, anyway, yeah, this is one that, like I said, I, I, I think, I think it's got a fan sub out there, uh, but, yeah, no, I don't know if it's been released anywhere outside of Japan at the moment, I mean, this is only from last year, so it's still possible, um, uh, but, um, yeah, this is the first time I've seen it, um, now, uh, Kevin, you're the big Yamazaki, uh, guru here um so i guess yeah i'll start by asking you like i mean where do you what were your general impressions and you know where do you feel like it kind of fits into his body of work and so on
3: uh i i dug it i felt kind of like it was him doing a, a little bit of a riff on like the the gakko no Kaiden movies from the 90s that it seems yeah, the set,
0: haunt, like the and it's yeah the haunted school stuff
3: yeah gets, trapped somewhere with their teacher and then they have to, you know, face a variety of weird spirits. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's a little less spooky than, than those. It's, it's a little bit more, uh, I wouldn't say more playful, but more like vibrant. Um, cause there's more kind of daytime kind of stuff going on in it's it.
0: Probably aiming a little younger. Like those are more probably for more, more, early teens, this is probably a little bit more younger children, I think.
3: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's it's got the kind of, like, similar spirits that you see in stuff like uh, Yamazaki's uh, uh, Destiny, a Kamakura story, or uh, uh, Friends, Naki on Monster Island, like those kind of, kind of, like, cartoonish uh, yokai depictions. Um, so, like, from that perspective... Um, I, I think it, it fits into his, his filmography pretty well. It's definitely like a children's film. Um, I know that it's something that it, it was a, it was a weird case where um, he wanted to do a follow up for, uh, for Juvenile, um, which was his first movie. Cause that, that ends with a like 20 years later scene. And he was like, Oh, I want to do like a special edition of Juvenile where I bring back the original actors uh, in 2020. And then, you know, with, COVID and whatnot, that didn't work out, but he did have uh, a nice Easter egg in this where, like, the main character's parents are the two leads from Juvenile, and if you look over to the side of the screen, the robot from Juvenile is also in their house. So.
0: Okay, I was, I mean, I haven't seen Juvenile, but I, I remember when we did the Kaiju Masterclass thing on Yamazaki, you'd mention that. And so I was, like, kind of looking for the little robot from Juvenile. I didn't see it. <laughs> so, um,. Uh, I guess I'll have to keep my eyes o- open for that a little bit better next time.
3: Yeah, it's it's just right on the the right side of the screen, so it's you, you could I don't know argue that this is this is officially a sequel to that. Um,
1: Expanded universe, confirm. <laughs>
3: yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and I mean the. It's also the same actress from uh, from Returner, obviously, because uh, you know she was the same same one from Juvenile. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a fun kids adventure film. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's you know it's not my my favorite Yamazaki flick, but it's also far from my least favorite.
0: <laughs> okay. Um so yeah, I mean we we've, we've been talking about a lot of yokai stuff cuz we just did our Kitaro episode not too long ago. So um this kind of fits right right into there rather nicely. Um yeah, I mean uh, I I'm, I'm not as well versed in Yamazaki's uh entire body of work, but I yeah, no, I I thought this was a fun movie. I mean, um it's definitely a little uh, you know, if I was like nine years old or something, I, I probably would've would would have been a little more taken with it. But I, I, I do having a kid now especially, I do recognize, you know I think the difference between good kids entertainment and bad kids entertainment. Um and yeah, no, this is a this is a, a fun little kids movie with a lot of like really interesting visuals, um, which Yamazaki is usually I mean whatever the movie is, you can a Yamazaki movie will visually be pretty cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I had a really good time with this. Um, Tom, what about you?
1: Uh, yeah, I, um, I really enjoyed it a lot. I had a few issues with, uh, kind of right from the, well, yeah, kind of right from the jump, with the like librarian guy or whatever he is who's running the shop who I just feel like we needed a little bit more with and you know the kids go into the shop and they take this book because they're told in their dream that their wish will come true if they go to this secondhand bookstore and all three of them have the same dream. And so they think, hey. Maybe we should go check it out, because they all three have the same dream. These are three best friends who, like, hang out all the time. They play—that looks like a PSP to me, maybe. Uh, But they play, like, online games with each other all the time. And so they're like, hey, let's, like, have a—let's just go check it out, because why not? And then they take the book, and they— don't get told the rules or the rationale or any of that kind of stuff. And I kind of get that from the point of maybe the characters shouldn't know, but I think there's some detriment to the audience not knowing at that point, especially when he picks up the book. He says, Oh, this one has three bars. And you're like, "What, what? what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> like, um, but uh, But no, it's a lot of fun. And I thought the effects were actually pretty good. I think this kind of ties into when we were talking about Parasite, how even though they're not. I guess the most realistic looking they are very consistent across the board and so you just kind of allow yourself to roll with it and then also I think the fantasy fantasy setting really helps a lot so that you just you just kind of roll with it even though they're not always the best looking effects uh it's a really good like yeah, it, it definitely doesn't have much horror in it at all. It's got a couple of kind of tense moments. It skews way more coming of age. Mm. But this is like. This is my coming of age jam kind of movie where it's like fun and funny and adventurous. Uh, you know, I. <laughs> this is one of those movies that I wish had a dub because I would absolutely show it to my kids. I think the, the subtitles on the version we saw were not the best. And so I think even a subtitle version would be almost a barrier to, to my kids because it's, it there's not very good subtitles on this. Um, but like, this is the kind of movie that like, as a kid, I would be a hundred percent about it's got, all of those ingredients of like a really, it's, it's a really likable cast of characters. Each one has its, his own kind of quirk. Each one has his own standout moments and it just works really, really well in spite of a few of the shortcomings from like a storytelling perspective that I think I probably pick out because I'm a crabby adult instead of just (laughs) a young, more whimsical kid.
2: Okay. Lux, what about you? I mean, coming off of Parasite being the first thing I saw from Yamazaki, this is like a little bit of whiplash. <laughs> um, complete opposite. And actually, I quite loved it. Um, I mean, I, I do have to uh, admit, I do really do like kids' movies. I do watch them pretty often, just as like easy viewing, like comfort stuff. Um, there, There was a time in life where... Uh, I would like watch the first few, like the Chris Columbus Harry Potter movies, the first couple movies. This is like comfort movies because I just really like them. They're just easy movies to watch. They're just you know. This is almost stuff. like a
0: Japanese version of that, like at exactly. least tonally, you know.
2: A- exactly, and that's that's where I'm getting at. It's like ever since J.K. Rowling has been well the way she's been, <laughs> yeah. and I can't, <laughs> I, I no longer have that relationship with Harry Potter. Um, this is like a substitute almost. Yes. I'm so glad I finally have something that's scratching that itch. I've been looking for something to scratch that itch. And this is exactly that it feels very much like, uh, the, one of those Chris Columbus, Harry Potter movies. It's just, it's fun. It's got this great cast of kids who are all doing, you know, great. They're all really good. Um, it's, it's never, it's, it's got, you know, stakes to it, but it never feels like those stakes are really super like dire. Um, that they're all having fun and it's just a really good time. Everything is visually very fun. All of the situations they get into are either funny or really interesting to watch. Um, I think it's just a really good kids movie. If I had kids, I, I would definitely be showing this to them immediately. And that's that's you know, I can see if I had seen this as a kid, I would, would have loved it. Um, so yeah, I, I really just I adored this movie.
0: So okay, yeah, we're all kind of in the same vibe here we're on the same page um yeah i mean i i they're the kind of things that like i don't know i guess we're more complaints whatever um i think my biggest one was like it just seemed like once it gets into the sort of episodic nature of the story um it's it seems like just every uh every monster that they have to go and get they just kind of go and do it (laughs) you know there's there's not really a whole lot of challenge until they get to like the last one jizuri um most of the other ones are like oh i bet that's gonna be hard well soup it'll be super easy barely (laughs) you know um so they kind of especially once they're on like the third one or whatever and it's like okay they're just gonna go and confront this thing and not struggle with it very much and that's that. That's you know. That's probably the the biggest thing I can I, w- I would be able to level with it is, is like a
1: complaint. Um, uh, other than that, See, though, mine is it, mine is that the ticking clock element has nothing behind it. For it can, the yeah, audience, it kind of just comes and goes for the audience until like more than halfway through the movie we know there's these three bars on the book we know that they're counting down to something there's no explanation whatsoever of what that is for us the viewers until the almost the climax of the movie yeah that's kind of my biggest problem
0: and is. and here's where we can get into kind of spoilery territory um so there's, I don't know. there's some it, problems
1: with that ticking clock element too, because of what uh, Jizori is and how he works. Mm-hmm. but i I think even with even with that, I'd be able to hand wave that away real easy because it's a kids movie. I still think explaining that to the audience even, even if you just explained that to the audience, because then you would be sitting there during the, all those moments when they are kind of going, well, we caught one today, that's good enough. Let's uh let's go to sleep for the night as an as a viewer you'd be like, oh, you uh you got to move a little faster here, guys, cuz there's going to be consequences that we know what they are actually for not getting this done. Yeah. I feel like,
2: from my point of view, that's, I think, a strength of the movie is the, the dramatic tension of not knowing what's going on gives the audience. I, it feels like it's bringing the audience along on the adventure. I mean, as adults, yes, it can be something frustrating for us, but if we were watching it as kids, we wouldn't really question it so much. We think too much when we watch stuff. Yeah, we're, <laughs> I think, I think we, as adults, we would question it too much, and I think as a kid, it becomes a part of the experience, uh, you don't want to spend the whole movie thinking about oh well this is counting down to something really bad um you just want to enjoy the movie um, uh, and we can and we can reveal that later
0: well yeah yeah cuz i was going to ask like how do we feel again we're going to get into spoiler stuff now how how we feel about the reveal that um so everyone wished for the same thing which was to save Minato, who is, it it turns out she was greatly injured, and she's in the hospital, and, you know, they don't know how long she has to live, and they want to save her, and that's also why she is in this alternate realm, and, you know, they they notice every now and then, like, she starts fading, and it's like, okay, what's that all about? Um, And so, then they get into this race against time to save her, because she's going to die, their wish is to save her, so that's where the ticking clock comes in, where it's like, okay, if they don't do all this stuff to get their wish granted, they're going to lose their friend, Um, and yeah, that is brought in pretty late into the actual story, so yeah, your mileage is going to vary, like, if you're a kid, it's part of the intrigue and everything, but if you're an adult and you're we're used to thinking about things when we watch stuff. That's when we might be like, "Okay, what is the deal with all this stuff? What does it mean?" And we we get the answers, but we do get them rather rather late.
1: Yeah, especially because you can. I mean, I mean, you can figure out pretty early on that like there's something with Minato that isn't you know, right. Yeah, yeah that i my guess had had been that like she actually died uh, yeah that was because, my guess too i figured she was just dead because because uh you know the the way the kid acts at the beginning of the movie where he like he comes home for dinner or sits down at the table and his sister's like oh someone's grouchy today and he just like freaks out and goes to his room and then just just a lot of his like physical cues and the way he kind of talks about things and also obviously the way they're all surprised to see her and refuse to tell her why they're surprised to see her kind of just makes you think, oh, she's, she must be dead and they don't want to tell her that she's dead because you, you know, might break the illusion and she might disappear or something. Um, and so So, you you can guess kind of a lot of that, though, early on, that, like, at least one of the kids... I thought it was a nice reveal that all three of them all wished for the same thing. Even though that's kind of set up with the librarian guy going, Oh, three wishes that meld into one. And you're like, okay, well, they're all wishing towards the same thing. That was a nice reveal that they all wished for, like, exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um... But like, yeah, you, you, you could kind of piece a lot of that together before you get there. And so, because, again, this is one of those things, because I'm an adult and I'm viewing this from sitting back, I'm like, all right, I I, I kind of know where this is going, but I just want that, like, I want that, that ticking clock element. Like, I want I wanted to know er, a lot earlier what it was. You know, is it? Is it? Oh, if they if they don't do it, they'll be trapped there. Or if they don't do it, the ability to wish her back will be gone because you only survive for x number of days in this demon realm, or whatever. Um, and then, like, kind of the the reveal of it is iffy, maybe, of what it is, but um, because with the way. What is it? Is it just jizz? It's just <laughs> jizz. Just <laughs> <laughs> Jisori, <laughs> The way the way that that guy works is he can manipulate time. And so they want to capture him in order to have him send them back to before their friend got injured and and save her life. And. I was like, well, if he can just manipulate time, then does it matter if she dies? Because they'll just manipulate it to not happen in the first place. Don't worry about it. Um, so there's that. There's that kind of piece of it that, as an like, and some of that, like I said, as a kid, I think I'd be able to roll with that very easily. And even as an adult, I can go, yeah, this is for kids. Like, that's fine. But I think wanting to know what that ticking clock is was one of my bigger hang-ups. Well, uh, with also the stuff with with
0: Jizuri it it's more about like okay, because once they capture a monster, the monster the, the this monster has to help them and do whatever they want until the wish is granted. So yes, that that does mean the ticking clock isn't quite is important, but the capture of Jizuri to get him to do all that is that that's where the dramatic thrust of the the climax is, I think. Yeah. Um it seems like the actual yokai are like a mix of not real, but like <laughs> of like actual mythic yokai and stuff created for the movie, I I th- think. Um because like I would imagine the one that's like monkey bars <laughs> 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 who is awesome by the way that's probably my favorite one um that one uh probably isn't like a real thing uh, i don't think jizuri is either but i know there's some that are familiar like the the eyeball one um the one uh the one that's in kitaro the the cloth kevin what's this one called uh Eaton Eaton moment, moment. There you go. Eton Moman, yeah, that one shows up. Um, mm-hmm. the eyeball guy. Uh, like so so yeah, it seems like it's a mix of new and classic. The eyeball you know, guy's
1: voice sounded so familiar to me that I went and looked this guy up. And I'm sure like someone like Kevin probably recognized him from a billion things because he's in a billion things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I and some of them that I admit I probably should have seen by now but many of them I have not and where I was like oh that's that's definitely where I've heard that before is he is the japanese voice of solid snake in like most of the metal gear solid stuff and uh, metal gear solid like the Are you the,
0: playing those games in japanese? What?
1: I have in the past. Huh.
2: One of the voices that I really recognized was, um, the voice of Zukanbo, which is like the main monster. That's kind of like the sidekick of like the bookshop guy. And yeah. The little goes, Pikachu. Like, um, yeah, he's basically like a ninja Pikachu. Um, the voice of Zukambo is uh, uh, Ria Kugamiya, who is also the voice of Jet Jaguar ja- ja- yeah, in Singular yeah. Point. Singular,
0: yeah, Jet Jaguar Pelops, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, and Alphonse Elric in the original Fullmetal Alchemist anime. So I recognize that voice like immediately. So, oh, I know that voice.
3: You're so, just used so to the actor that, that Tom was referring to, Akio Otsuka. Right. So he yes, he's the voice of Blackjack. He's Captain Global in Macross. He was. Um
0: Ghost in the uh, Shell's on there somewhere, right?
3: Yeah, he was, he's, he's he's Bato in Ghost in the Shell. Um he's um he's he's Yujiro Hanma. Um uh, uh Jigen from um from Lupin the third, so like yeah, he's 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 got a lot of really mm-hmm. iconic, deep, manly voiced roles. Um, I've heard of those things.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I don't know that I've seen much of the, the main cast, um, in, in much. I know, um, like the, the well, shopkeeper, right? I
1: mean, the, the kids are all, yeah, 12 years old.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, this is like the first movie for like all of them. I yeah.
0: Think. The, the, but like the shopkeeper is, um, the, uh, the kid from um great yokai war the great Yo-Kai war who is also going to be like he he was obviously a little kid in that but um he's also going to be the main character in um Godzilla minus 1 um and yeah he's he he came back to play the teacher in uh, great yokai war guardians um yeah the kids uh yeah aren't experience, but they're, they're all pretty good. I, I think, um, especially like the three main boys were, were really great. Um, also, uh, one of them, uh, is, I, I'm, is like, uh, biracial, um, but, uh, 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 like probably, Half Japanese, half black. Um, the 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 kid playing Sonny, whose name is Sonny. The the actor's name is Sonny McClendon. Um, yeah, only thirteen years old. He's really great. Um, uh, I think the the girl playing Min, Minato is a has a little bit of a harder time. I think there's some scenes where she kind of just seemed to have like a kind of an awkward grin on her face <laughs> um but overall all all four kids were were pretty good um and um i don't know who um i don't think i've seen the teacher in anything but i know she's like a popular actress i don't think i've seen anything with her but i know she's got like um she's in a lot of stuff
3: she was the she was a lead actress in in ballad so that's another uh uh, another yamazaki piece so he likes to reuse actors yeah
1: she does a lot of voice acting too like in digimon uh, uh, Kran Kren- shin-chan, shinchan um so she's she's yeah like you mentioned she's not like an unpopular like unknown person yeah
0: um yeah i mean everyone's pretty good in this um
2: uh, I think if I had to point out like any standout people, it would probably be like the teacher and like the the main protagonist's boy, the the one who looks like Harry Potter. He, he's <laughs> he's he's like he's a very good child actor. I think.
0: Yeah, he kind of gets that awkward because he's like the awkward one of the three, and yeah, he he kind and he he kind of gets that kind of sheepish, um, like teenage awkward teenager thing. He kind of it's really kind of down to the t um uh, yeah we we touched on it but yeah the i think effects wise um it, it pretty good stuff um again it, it's it's not okay what's i don't know what's the most realistic cg or whatever but it, cuz it is exaggerated these are more cartoony creatures that they're dealing with um, but yeah just it's a level of consistency that it's like we were, again what we're seeing with parasite it it just it it fits into the world that the story is telling and it doesn't look like it was shopped out to a million different effects houses and again i think that's part of that yamazaki thing where you know he kind of works overtime to be the the effects supervisor and and you know he's using his usual Visual effects director, um, a woman named uh, Kyoko Shibuya, who will also be the effects director of uh, Minus One. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I kind of am having high hopes at least for the effects of of Minus One because you know that's something that both the American and Japanese CG Godzillas have lacked is that level of consistency to really keep things grounded in the w- internal world. Of the movie, Um, but also yeah, she's going to be the first female effects director of any Godzilla film, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, But yeah, this is uh, uh, one that I don't know. I don't know how realistic it is that this will get a U.S. release or anything. I I don't know, Kevin. Do we know how this did in Japan?
3: I haven't heard anything uh, one way or another on it. Um, I just think that uh, Toho is <laughs> really, really like for the past five years has just been kind of terrible about releasing anything stateside. So I, um,
0: you you don't say. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just five.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> you could probably stretch that back even further. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It just it's see it, a
3: long, it long it, history, it, but like
0: it does seem like everything's gotten way more expensive to them. Yeah. You know. I mean but because yeah, I mean there was stuff like 20th Century Boys and even Parasite. Like we like we were saying, I mean, but even that is, you know.
1: Kinda, it's a shame too cuz I think this is a movie <sighs> Is this a movie that you could release and and drum up a little bit of additional excitement for minus one? Like maybe because I think Yamazaki is doing some great stuff here. I think like I love when they first get into the like yokai world and as they're walking around you, you like – you see the buildings kind of like shifting and sliding and stuff in the background and they don't yeah. notice it. And, um, there's quite a few shots too. If you're kind of keeping your eyes on the background where you see, um, where you see Zukanbo like jumping around from building to building, like tailing them in the background. And that's like a really, like he's doing some great stuff, like from a camera work and directorial point of view and, and like keeping the movie really interesting visually that I think you could potentially kind of use this in that respect.
0: Yeah. And it's not like yokai are like unheard of in the West anymore. Like I don't think it's as popular now, but like one of the biggest games that kids were playing for a few years was yokai watch like mm-hmm. people know people people know what that means now you know so yeah i mean even if you know i don't know to make a i don't i don't i i wonder how much they actually shop this stuff around because you could be like okay sell it to netflix for a bit you know i don't know you, it just seems like you could use this to do something <laughs> um but i also don't think they're very Smart, <laughs> you know, but it, yeah, I do think that this is a movie. There's an audience
2: here for this. I really think so. Yeah, I think if it was marketed here as Ghost Book instead of YoKaipedia, and just like thrown on, like even if they gave it to Disney Plus, just like yeah. give, it to, give it to somebody who's going to put it in a place where largely kids are going to be going to watch it, and it's going to be successful. I think it's, this definitely appeals to a wider market than just Japanese. It's, yeah, it's there, got there's, a there's diverse an cast of people
1: even.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: There's an audience for this. You don't just need kind to of... know anything about yokai heading into this. No. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. No. And that's why one I said it's like
2: it takes you on the adventure with it. It's like as of here, you don't need to know anything. It's great. I
1: feel like the only one that the movie doesn't and it's i it's possible I just missed uh, a line of dialogue or something but like I feel like the only one that the movie doesn't do a good job of the like within the movie establishing its its like strengths and weaknesses and how to catch it is um is itan moment where like they start shooting the the dyed water at it and it's like, ah. Stop that. And they're like, if you don't like dyed water, then hop in this book. Or And you're like, oh, I didn't – is that a thing with him? I, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, they
2: establish when they're reading like the rules about it in the book that it doesn't like getting dirty.
1: Okay. I so, that. Yeah. Yep. So, I remember that's that. that's when the teacher yeah. comes up with
2: the plan to use the paint guns.
1: Because they, they do that – they do a good job with that with every other one. And I was like, did I just – I must have just missed something. Um that's on me then. Another they another. Do, they do a really good job with all the with all the other ones, like especially the uh, the hundred eye guy, where they're like he has a hundred eyes and he can throw them at you and you'll be knocked out. And they're like, well, we don't have a hundred people to knock out. What if we? And they're like making curry at the moment and chopping the onions. And they're like, what if we used onions? And like, that's a cool type of thing. And um, yeah, I just think it's like a really good. I even think one of my favorite things from a from a storytelling and writing perspective is uh the the doppelganger yokai. Yeah. Which that was a lot of good stuff. Which I think I don't know that that's like a real yokai either. Uh but like uh, the the reveal of how like, you know, who is it that mentions I don't think that would be very useful. Is it like it might be one of the other yokai even that's like I don't know how you're going to be able to use that, and and then it winds up being like very useful at the end. I thought that was really cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like, and you don't because the movie stop, kind of frankly stops to explain to you what each one is, what its like strengths and weaknesses are, and how to like. Kind of trick it and capture it. And then yeah, the kids just go do it. But because of that, you don't need to know anything about Yokai heading into it. It explains them all for you. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, right. <laughs> which which is a I think it's that's I don't think that's a function of Yamazaki thinking, oh, this needs to be for an international audience. I think that's a function of him thinking this needs to be viewable by like Probably as young as, like, a five-year-old kid who is just starting to learn what, like, things in general are. And so this might be a lot of, like, young Japanese kids' first introduction to mm-hmm. yokai. So let's, like, spoon-feed it to them a little bit, which is fine. That's the that's the target audience.
0: Which is another reason why this would be an easier sell here than... I don't know what they're doing. But yeah, the, it, it's another reason why this would play to a, a foreign audience rather well. You know, I mean, this is probably more accessible than, you know, the Mike Yokai films or the Daiei trilogy or, you know, uh, some of the Kitaro stuff. Like, this is a,
1: a very accessible movie. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a really good example to you is as much as we all really loved Kitaro, yeah that is a little more steeped in
0: yeah if you're not japanese you ne- you're going to need like if i don't know just say you have a random friend over oh i'm going to show you this cool show like you're going to have to explain to them what a yokai is all this and that and this first this you don't have to worry about right um so yeah i don't know it seems like there's an audience for this that I don't know. It's like Toho love making money, but they also don't. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Um, now the 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 potential for this to maybe get licensed here is that like how how different is the situation of of this movie and its financing and distribution and release versus like. Great Yokai War Guardians, because that's like another movie where they, Toho, weren't they're they're not like the actual production company here, aren't they? Just the like distributor. So, um, with this, I think we are getting great Yokai War Guardians,
0: yeah. Well, well, that Toho was involved with Guardians, but that was also primarily Katakawa's baby, you know. uh, Toho's on like their production committee here, this is like, Kevin can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is more of a, a, like at the end of the day, Guardians, even though Toho had some financial stake and stuff, was a Katakawa production. This I think is more a Toho production. So we're dealing with the baggage around that. I I don't know. That's my understanding. Kevin, I'll I'll, see.
2: I'm just looking it up. It's This is one that was made with like a production like, team
0: of yeah, well, that, that's so not like, uncommon, but so I don't it's know, it's Kevin. Like am Toho. I? Yeah, am it's
2: I, Toho and Kodansha and Robots. And there's a whole bunch of people listed here. So.
3: Yeah, because but like Kodansha the only, would be responsible for the original books, right? So they. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, if you notice, Toho is the only one of the big studios in that yeah. committee, which I would probably say means the rights are going to lie with them.
2: It's looking like the the majority of the rights actually lie with uh, Robot, which would be part of the Imagica group.
3: Yeah, but a lot of Toho stuff is made by Robot nowadays.
2: Yeah, that's true. Well,
0: I, I mean, I think even going back to uh, you know Returner and Juvenile, I think mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that that's because like Returner, I that was like part that was like. When Sony bought like all the Millennium Godzilla movies, I, you know, Toho was like, "Here, have this, whatever."
3: <laughs> like, like, so, Robot is actually producing Godzilla minus one.
0: Yeah, right. but I, I think of that more along the lines of like, okay, Studio Kara was involved with Shin Godzilla and mm-hmm. so on, and so forth. Um, in other words, it it, it to ans- I guess, long answer it's to a more Tom's of a
3: Toho
1: production.
0: Yeah, to- long answer to Tom's question is it looks bleak. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up though, that, cause kind of piggybacking on Tom a little bit ago about just, you know, the cool visual stuff that Yamazaki does in the world building of the movie is like, I like when they have the night scenes and you see like the yokai parades down the street and you see all kinds of different like creatures and stuff. Um, uh, they do it. I think
1: that's one of the. That's one of the few theory. moments where you get like a, a little bit of a scare, like, and it's fairly early enough to where I thought the whole movie was gonna have that tone a little bit more. It's like the one the doesn't
0: one of them like come knock on the window or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it like they they're all sitting down and they hear like rawr, rawr, like and you're <laughs> like oh what is that and then they go to the window and they open the window and it's like rah and they're like. You're like, "Whoa, that's okay." Okay, let's get a couple <laughs> of these jump scares going and then like it just never does that again. <laughs> and it's weird too though, like that that is one part that also like remembering it now is another like little thing that kind of stuck in my craw a little bit is like it's there's a there's some kind of a barrier around the house I guess that prevents because, like, when he kind of smacks on the window or whatever, it's got, like, a barrier effect. But then that's never, it never explains, like, why the yokai can't just come into the house and get them. Maybe. Unclear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. It's just.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I. I Hope this kind of gets out into the world a little bit. I mean, if you know, two people listen to this podcast and want to watch it, like we're doing our part. As always, if people need help, send us a message, we will help you. Um, yeah, no, I this is a, a an enjoyable little romp. Um, uh. Do we wanna go ahead with our ratings? Is there are there any stones that we should unturn first? Alright, I will take your silence as confirmation. Um So, Ghost Book or Yokaipedia. Um how many uh new teachers being introduced into a classroom and the kids all immediately just remarking on how hot she is. Uh, (laughs) do we want to give this out of five? Um, Tom, you go first.
1: Okay. I, I do think, yeah, the, 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 the teacher is like a Lux mentioned is like a, standout performance uh i know she's a popular actress but obviously this is like my first experience with her i thought she did a really good. her and and the main the lead boy do like a great job of kind of anchoring the the real sort of heart of the movie because it's it's i think equal parts kind of their coming of age hers of trying to find what she wants to do in life as she's hitting sort of a midlife crisis and his of, you know, wanting his, his friend back. And that's a really good kind of duet to, to lead this, this movie. There's a couple of, there is one I should mention. There's one mildly impenetrable, at least for me, a very japanese moment that i was like ah, i don't get that joke where she does where she designs the t-shirts that's a great scene though <laughs> it is it is it's funny that like she likes the t-shirts and they don't but she like when when that's happening she goes well i'm from the heisei era and they're like well we're from the reiwa era and i was like yeah okay i don't i don't really get that i i I do in that it's like oh we're generationally different, but like I I, I kind
3: of didn't. I was like I don't. Wait, do what does that mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that that might have something to do with like if you notice none of the kids are wearing uniforms, and she's like
0: trying to. Oh, get she wants daughter. everyone to dress the same. Yeah. Oh, okay. I
1: I could see that. Okay. See, there you go. That joke works a little better now, but yeah, that that was like I was like I don't I don't get that, <laughs> um, but no, there's 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 those couple of storytelling flaws I mentioned. Um, we didn't mention that uh, Jazori, in addition to just like really, he looks pretty darn cool, and he's yeah, I like him a lot. He's done convincingly. I thought it was also very cool how. If he eats one of the other yokai, he gets their powers. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, So there's a lot of really fun energy, a lot of kineticism. Uh, It is a little, like Bird mentioned, just spoon feeding you. Kind of, here's what you got to do. Now we go and do it. And there's a couple of storytelling things, but I really enjoyed myself. I had a lot of fun with it. I'll give it a very strong three and a half out of five. Okay.
0: Kevin, what about you? You're the Yamazaki vet here.
3: Yeah, uh, I think that that's that's a fair uh, rating. So I will give it a, I'll, I'll just kind of echo earlier sentiments and say I'll give it a three and a half out of five, no food, no life hoodies. (laughs) Oh, that that shirt is awesome. That shirt is
0: awesome. I like when he points to it, when they're like, how do you know how to cook? (laughs) No, Sonny's great. Um, What about you, Lux?
2: I really enjoyed it. Like I said earlier, I I like kids' movies, and this one is a a really good kids' movie. Uh, I was along for the ride the whole time. Absolutely enjoyed everything that it was spoon-feeding to me, like Tom said. Um, I think if... I was going to improve it as an adult viewing it. I think it probably might benefit from maybe uh, another 15, 20 minutes or longer just Mm. to give a little bit more time to like each of those like yokai capture scenes to like flesh all of them out to a little bit more uh, and make each of them like, you know, more of a like something more than just like a moment in the movie um because like tom said i felt many of them just kind of come and go real quick and, and it's just like they, they capture them all very quickly and it's, it feels like that should be that should be more of the story should involve that so uh, if i was going to improve it in a way like the harry potter movies are longer they're over two hours and they're still good i think this could be over two hours and still be good um but that would be my only real gripe. Otherwise, mm. everything else about this movie, I really adored it, I especially like the music. Uh, I think uh, it's definitely also reminiscent of like what John Williams did with early Harry Potter. Uh, it sounds very similar to that feel. Um, and then the credits music, I have to mention, the song I Want to Be Your Ghost is an absolute <laughs> bop. I love uh, funk, and it is my jam. I'm going to be listening to that thing so much after this movie. Um, given just the very little bit tidbits that I don't like about it, I'm going to end up giving this a 4.5 out of 5.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh. All right. Um, I'm more in line with Tom and Kevin in that um, it's a 3.5 for me. Uh, really enjoyable. Um paced well you know it's almost two hours It didn't really feel like it to me um yeah great cast great characters great performances um uh, i mean we mentioned the kids being great the the actress playing the teacher being great um the other moment from her that i really liked just as acting goes um you know at the end they're like our adventure in this other place when we get back to like our normal real world we're not going to remember any of it and then there's the part where she's being introduced to the class and like there's a you know a single like tear runs down her cheek and everyone's like are you okay and you know she's conveying this idea that like i recognize these kids from something and there's some emotional thing that is processing but she doesn't quite know how it is and it's just a, a kind of you know just stuff that's not easy for an actor to do. I would imagine um, she is great.
1: Did the creatures. Else, I, I just want to. Did anyone else? Because your read is interesting, but I got the feeling, and maybe I'm wrong, that it was almost like the kids would forget, but she would remember. Hmm. I mean, I maybe
0: I I just was kind of along the. Uh, impression that she's remembering something emotional she just doesn't know what it is uh but that's a good question i mean i guess we can open that up to the 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 rest of the the room here um did anyone else have a read on that scene that was different or similar
2: to either of us i feel like the movie did well explaining it itself because it has the scene right after where the kids are you know just like leaving school on their way home and um the protagonist kid um, says, you know, hey, you ever heard of like a phantom limb? And oh, like, yeah, right. It's like, I think, you know, all of us have something that's missing, but it's still there and we can all feel it and that's okay. And I think that's just kind of what it is. Like, they don't actually remember it, but, it they, but it's inherently still there.
0: It's something. It's rolling around somewhere in there. Yeah. And okay. it
1: definitely has had a change on the teacher because she's more confident when she first addresses the class the second time yeah um but yeah that no statement makes more sense if you've seen the movie yes <laughs> <laughs> when she um, first addresses this cl- the second time
0: <laughs> but uh yeah creatures are cool Jazuri's is really cool he's like a half dragon half centipede kind of thing
2: oh and there is a post credit sequence
0: there is did you guys watch? Oh, the post I didn't credits? stick
1: around for
2: that. Yeah, there is a post-credit. It's it, it pretty much. A
0: yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's like a sequel tease. It's pretty much the librarian and the the little the little creature. Like they kind. Of, they pretty much like close up and like collapse <laughs> the 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 bookstore, and they're like, "Well, where are we going to go next?" kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's almost like if there is a sequel, it's going to be like a different group of kids doing something else almost.
3: Yeah. The owner of the bookshop little, little line in there, where the, the, the shopkeeper says, how many more times do I have to do this before my wish gets granted? Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So like if there was a sequel, he might be the main character trying to do something until his wish gets, I don't know. He might be more involved, but, um, but yeah, so whatever he's doing with the book is something he's doing to have his own wish granted. So, yeah, that's opening up all kinds of sequel bait that I don't well, we don't know how it did at the box office. Um so yeah, maybe maybe we'll get there. Um wrap up question for everybody. Um uh, I mean, I really me and Kevin not so much cuz we're a little more familiar, but um with Tom and Lux being a little newer, I mean, I'm pretty novice with Yamazaki I've seen Returner I've seen this and I've seen the two Parasites I'll probably watch some more stuff um, like I want to do an episode about his stu- some of his stuff before Godzilla so I want to get caught up but um, yeah I mean more question for Tom and Lux how are, how are the two of you feeling knowing, familiarizing yourself a little bit more in going into okay this guy is going to be doing the next Godzilla movie
1: Go ahead, Tom. Similar to how I felt before, I think, because I heard a lot about how he's a very good director who does very good, uh, you know, like makes good movies, but the caveat being that he is potentially, uh, has some problematic thoughts and views on... Uh, Japan's military history and even current socio-economic or socio-political status. And so I feel kind of similar to how I did before, mm. where I will say I'm cautiously optimistic and I uh, would skew towards thinking that whether I wind up being bothered by or even noting the presence of any kind of that stuff creeping in from a guy who's directed a movie about how like kamikaze pilots were awesome type, basically <laughs> um, which is obviously something I don't really want seeping into Godzilla. Um, there's two things with that is one, it is frankly, already happened, like, that ship has sailed, sadly, and, and two, I skew towards thinking and, and hoping that this one will actually just be a good and entertaining movie. Yeah, that's so the, that, that's the bigger, that's the biggest piece, really. So that I, like, so that I just, like, a movie, like, I don't know, pick a, pick a movie, you know, that, that I enjoy that I probably shouldn't, like, like, Die Hard, about how awesome cops are, and how they should <laughs> shoot more people uh, um, <laughs> I will like it anyways, you know? right so. yeah yeah,
0: yeah, no, I mean that's where I, I mean i i'm 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 getting to the point where like, yeah, the stuff with the time period and all that is like okay, that's a possible hang up, but if the movie's good, that is it, like i I have the confidence in him that he can hit emotional beats. He understands characters, story structure, and things that can make for a really, really good Godzilla movie. So, whatever kind of stuff in the air with that time period and military history—if that's my biggest problem—then we're in. Well, I'm in decent hands. We're in better hands enough.
1: Than we've been in in a while.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so, and that is like, if, if he can deliver the kind of emotional beats that he has with everything I've seen with him in a Godzilla movie, like we're all right. Like we're in a, we're not in the terrible place, but yeah, Lux, what about you?
2: I agree. I'm I'm sitting at the same place. Um, I can see now just with the parasite movies and now ghost Book that Yamazaki is a great director. He, he knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, He has a vision that's very much um, coherent, and he knows how to put together a movie that can elicit the correct feelings of an audience while remaining uh, a good movie. (laughs) That's really all i got to say. I'm just very worried, again, to echo what's already been said, that anything from maybe some of his other movies... Which are more political The war his war
0: his war films.
2: They might seep into Godzilla Minus One in some way because of the time period. And I hope that those elements don't ruin what is probably going to be a good movie for me.
0: Yeah. Kevin, I think you're pretty much right there with everybody, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, basically. Like my main concern is that like it's it's not even Necessarily, Yamazaki in a in a void as much as it is that the Eternal Zero specifically made was so a, much a money, huge, huge financial success for Toho made that, so much money.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're
3: we're scared because of that.
2: movie. <laughs> that was the elephant. Kevin's brought it up.
1: Yeah, and the Toho of it all. Honestly, like to, yeah, they're they, they have they have done a v- very good job um too good of stamping out quite a bit of creativity over the years as we've <laughs> yeah. as we've heard from even just even just people who have been very open and willing to talk about like their experiences working in IDW and uh, you know hearing things like well, Toho didn't like the way the feet were drawn on this because they thought it skewed too much towards that design of Godzilla and not this design of Godzilla. And so they made me redraw the entire cover art of this issue of one of the IDW comics because it was the wrong Godzilla. And the it's it's great to watch Yamazaki have those like emotional beats and all the things that he does that he does really, really well in movies like Parasite. And and um, and Ghost Book, where maybe the studio isn't hanging over him quite as much yeah. as they potentially let, let him cook, will. Is the kids on say. a Godzilla movie? Yeah. Let him cook. Yeah, leave the man alone. Let him cook. You know, um, that's that's a concern,
0: right? Yeah, because. I mean... Well, we even know there are certain things that they were giving Anno a hard time about. And right. Like, he had to, like, find dumb ways to meet them in the middle about certain things. So, yeah, the, I get it. Yeah, I but get it. But
2: on the flip side, we also recently got Singular Point, which... Indeed. ...very much feels like they didn't really have hands on it at all. Like, that <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. It feels like they just said, hey, do whatever you want with the idea. Very and,
1: different medium. And it's, it's, it's great. yeah. Very no, I mean,
0: medium, I. It sounds like and we're a very
1: ske- different perception of said medium in Japan and internationally. Yeah. It sounds
0: that's like fair. we're. It sounds like we're skewing positive with some caution,
2: which is we're hopeful.
1: Yeah, which is that's that's a good place to be. I'll say real. that's more than I. It's it's more than I was when this was first announced, and I was just like Ugh,
2: another one. <laughs> Yeah, when it was first announced, I wasn't very hopeful at all. I might have said that on an episode of the podcast even, but now I actually I am kind of looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll know in two months. Gonna be here before you know it. I'm I'm more excited for that than the TV show or the next Monsterverse movie. So
1: the level of the the level of excitement that I have for the Monsterverse show can't be measured by modern uh, measuring equipment because the 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 scale doesn't go that low.
0: Well, what about what about the next movie? <laughs> the,
1: like, Godzilla, I'm more interested in minus one personally. Godzilla X Kong thing. I, yeah, I'm yeah. more interested in minus one because it just piques my curiosity way more. Yeah. Well, yeah. You with know? the
0: with the monster verse at this point, you you know what you're gonna get.
2: Yes. You know. I feel like the last Godzilla and Kong movie gave us everything we really needed. So, yeah, this this is just not something I'm that interested in. It's just going to be more fluff to me. Whereas minus one is something new. Yeah. So I'm interested in seeing something new.
1: I feel like I already know I'm going to walk out of the new MonsterVerse movie being like, that was fine, three out of five. Maybe three and a half if I think it was a little better than fine. And maybe two and a half if I think it was a little bit worse. And, exactly.
2: It's starting to fall into that mid that MCU range where it's like they're churning out another one. It's probably going to be middling and I'll I'll enjoy it. It's a 3 before <laughs> I even see it. <laughs>
1: yeah. And and minus 1, I have I have no idea. It could be anywhere from a minus 1 to a 5. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um
0: all right, folks. Well, uh I guess I guess we're we're good here, so Thank you to you guys for joining me, and thank you everyone at home for listening. And um, we'll see you next time.